Listener Production. Where the sneaky cinnamon scroll you just have to have. Even though you already ate a big breakfast with extra hash browns and three coffees. You'll eat until you explode. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. The games of the 35th Olympiad are awarded to Brisbane, Australia. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious, Matt O'Kine. Yes! A tear to the eye as yes! your... As your hometown, Brisbane, Australia, will have all eyeballs will be upon it for the 2032 Olympic Games. You feeling good, mate? Dude, I missed out on the soccer games that they played at the Gabba when I was uh, when Sydney was hosting the 2000 Olympics. My dad used to tell me stories about being the official. Ghanaian team dentist from the 1982 <laughs> Commonwealth Games. Yes! Finally, I can be a part of history. Brisbane's got the Olympics, baby. That's good stuff. Uh, good on you, Brisbane. Something to talk about other than Expo 88, which if you've met anyone from Brisbane, they'll uh, they'll get on a big hey, old I'm, yarn about that. I'm sure a lot of us still have T-shirts, mate. Don't you worry <laughs> about that. You know what's the only disappointing thing about this is that we didn't have, we don't have one of those moments that'll get played forever where they go, the winner is Brisbane. You know, like well, wasn't that was Juan Antonio Semaranch, wasn't it? Remember, they made a uh, a banging tr- like remix of that that was on like a a um, Ministry of Sound CD or oh, like yeah, a Wild. What were those old CDs called? Oh, they had some good compilations back in the day. But I tell you what, good on you, Brisbane. Uh, well done. And uh, who who better to celebrate with than the most unlikely city? coming through and taking the Games, which will be Australia's third time hosting the Olympics for one country. Um, Who better to come on and celebrate with us than the living legend himself, Stephen Bradbury. Yeah, now look, you might have seen him in a lot of memes recently, (laughs) but the fact of the matter is he is an absolute world champion ice skater, speed skater. I grew up watching him well before he took home the gold medal. I mean, he was one of our our most favoured Olympians. So I can't wait to be chatting to Stephen about the rise, the fall, the fame. I'm actually kind of nervous because one of my favourite YouTube videos is Last Man Standing, the Stephen Bradbury story. It goes for about two minutes on YouTube and it brings a tear to my eye most times. It's brilliant. <laughs> you, you, I remember you showed me it. Yeah. Like you you yeah. pulled me aside in the office one day and were like, watch this. I get you goosebumps. Because <laughs> there's that questioning of, oh, we'll get into it, Stephen. We're going to get into it <laughs> straight up. But uh, that's happening today. I hope you are well, whatever you're up to. It's All Day Breakfast with Matt and Alex. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Now, Matt, um, big sporting events aside, there is a lot of um, negativity and devastation in the world. I mean, we've got the pandemic, which has killed millions, you know, the looming threat of climate change, which is having real world effects, whether it's fires, you know, in North America, floods around Europe at the moment. But it's great to, uh, to wake up and see a really good news story for once. And that is another billionaire is taking a personal joy flight through space. And it just... It just gives you hope. You know what I mean? It just gives you absolute hope that, uh, you know, things are going to be okay. I, so, I swear to God, if you <laughs> if you can't use your billions to literally leave this burning bin fire of a planet, <laughs> but, I don't know yeah. what else you can. 
if you're not also assisting in the burning bid fire of a planet. Dude, I if I next time I like every time I look at Twitter, I go, God, I wish I had a rocket. God, I wish I had a rocket to just get off this planet. Oh goodness me, <laughs> Matthew. Goodness so, me. Uh, I mean, a lot of people. A lot of people were talking about the shape of it. There was there was certainly a lot of chat about the fact that it resembled an appendage. Yeah, schlong shaped was an interesting choice for the rocket. Um, it had similarities to Austin Powers that was shown online. What is it, son? I don't know, sir, but it looks like a giant dick. Yeah. Take a look out of starboard. Oh, my God. It looks like a huge... Pecker! Oh, where? Wait, that's not a word pecker. It looks like Okay, it goes pecker. on, but um, <laughs> there were similarities to that, but it, it was like... It was similar in other ways as well. Like Jeff Bezos got asked as to whether he'd do it again. And have a listen to this laugh that he gives. Did this moment motivate you to push deeper into the cosmos? Hell yes. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not a Dr. Evil laugh if you've ever heard one? All of this is actually makes me want to watch the Austin Powers again. <laughs> I mean, it holds up. It holds up. Um, Do we know how high he went, by the way? 100 kilometres of altitude. Um, Richard Branson, another billionaire who went up recently, only reached 86 kilometres. But um, it was up for 11 minutes before it landed back on Earth. The trip was timed to coincide with the 52nd anniversary of the first moon landing. And he took with him the oldest and youngest person to ever be in space which was interesting. 82-year-old aviator Wally Funk made it to space um, uh, with Bezos. That was it. And uh, 18-year-old Oliver Damon, son of a millionaire, uh, also got to take a trip in space. and Won the seat look, in the auction. That's a hell of a wonder what Was it like an online bid or Well, a, a guy paid $28 million to travel on the trip but had to pull out a couple of weeks before due to a scheduling conflict. So I don't know what they're not, what? not sure if he... A prom- scheduling conflict. Promised a date night or something at home. <laughs> and had to yeah, forego no, the 28 I'm, mil deposit on that. We're cooking schnitties at home, uh, doing the old shallow fry. Can't make it up to space today. Um, but every, you know, big space mission needs a quotable quote, you know, something to inspire humanity to reach for the stars. Neil Armstrong had his one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Our billionaire Jeff Bezos had this. Who wants a Skittle? So it's great to see a, uh, a billionaire up there having a great time whilst, uh, I guess, the world burns. And his employees, a lot of them don't have a, a living wage. But he was gracious enough to thank them uh, for helping fund the trip. I want to thank every Amazon employee and every Amazon customer because you guys paid for all of this. So seriously, for every Amazon customer out there, and every Amazon employee, thank you from the bottom of my heart very much. Uh, it's very appreciated. Okay, they're stoked with that. Because <laughs> there's news stories like they, they're not allowed break. They have to pee into bottles and stuff like that. Do you reckon they're stoked with that? <laughs> Seeing the floating Skittles? Yeah. Well, look, hey, if they can build a 
I don't know, a new factory on the moon or something, maybe. Same day moon delivery. Could do. <laughs> I'm in. Well, thank you, Jeff Bezos, for letting us know anything is possible. Like, dreams can come true, because I'm sure when um, Austin Powers came up with the character Dr. Evil, he thought this would never, this would never work. And there you go, a bald man in space. Dreams can come true. They just cost a few billion dollars. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. No, I feel a buzz. Well, Alex Dyson, grab your helmet uh, because today, Thursday, is the day where we prepare to get our mind blown. Yeah, sometimes we prepare um, and sometimes it happens. So I uh, hope you got your slop bucket ready to catch the goo that is about to escape from the cranium as um, we have a segment where Matokine brings some mind-blowing facts to the table. Do you know what? And people got behind me last time, okay? I, I, I appreciate all the messages that I got. Mm. All of you who, who have been quietly messaging me from the darkness saying, <laughs> hey, I didn't know that I've been looking at mandarins upside down either. That is wild right. to me. I mean, seriously wild. And tomatoes upside down, like... All of these fruits and vegetables, surely we know the direction. No, no, we don't. So many people, so many of us didn't. Okay, here's something I didn't know until recently. Wait, wait, before you do, because for this segment, um, we do we do have the sound effect ready for when something is mind-blowing. The explosion comes, it's mind-blown. Um, I did need to prepare because Matt has been missing the mark at times. I think we do need a backup sound effect. And um, from now on, if Matt gives us something which isn't really up to par, uh, I'm going to hit him with this. Uh, mild. Mild. Grown. Yeah. Okay, I don't like that you have who you have assumed the role of the gatekeeper here in this situation. Okay, just because you've got the buttons in front of you doesn't mean that you can decide what's an interesting fact or not. Yeah, well, it just keeps the quality high, mate, is what we're trying do you to know do. What? This fact, this fact, all right, Yep. is the whole reason why this segment started, okay? Because I was lying in bed one morning, Belinda says, you know that Bruce Springsteen song, Blinded by the Light? And I was like, what? And she goes, yeah, you know, blinded by the lights. And I said, that's not Bruce Springsteen. And I Googled it, and it is Bruce Springsteen, and I'm a Bruce Springsteen fan. Uh, mild. Mild. Grown. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, mate. Come on. I'm sorry, mate. That's not a mind blow. That is a mild groan at best. <laughs> but most people know it from Manfred Mann's Earth Band. <laughs> they don't know that it's Bruce Springsteen. It wasn't one of his, it wasn't even on his greatest hits, man. I don't, I don't know any of these. <laughs> Things that you're talking about. Blinded by the light. I just, it just makes me think of, ooh, I'm blinded by the light. Oh, I can't oh, sleep I... until I feel your All right, well, touch. Hey, Bron, do you, have a, do you have a fact? I did see um, something that could top maybe your Pia Miranda fact. Go on. Ooh, go on. There's a Celine Dion film that's an unofficial movie coming out about her where a 57-year-old is playing Celine Dion at five years old. Mine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so a 55-year-old okay. playing a five-year-old 
Young Celine. Yes. How are they doing that? I don't know. It looks weird. All right. Wow. Well, okay. There we go, Bron. Thank you for that. And we do ask you to give us the uh, the facts that have blown your mind recently. Send us a message anytime, matt.and.alex. Record your voice and give us this, and uh, we'll hit you with a mind blown if it's of, of the quality we require. Let's start, up, start off with Nicholas. Hey, guys. So something that blew my mind recently was that I found out if you're in Microsoft Word and you press the Windows key and H together, it'll start recording speech to text. So the possibilities are pretty endless. You could be writing an email and press that and all you have to do is speak it and then just copy and paste it and send. Mind alone. Oh, my God. Oh, that's a game changer. That is an absolute game changer. I want to try it right now. Give it a go. Open something. Go on, man. Don't all let right, me stop I'm gonna you. I'm going to go. Word. Here we go. It's open. Say the first um, sentence that comes to your mind. Go on. Blinded by the light Like a duck in a window I don't know where I might Oh, wait, it says to use dictation, go to settings and turn on online speech recognition. Well, okay, well, I'm sure you'll be able to do that and <laughs> shortcut it from there. Let's go with uh, Josh right now. He's got a mind-blowing fact. Hi, guys. My mind was blown when I found out that there are more trees on Earth than there are stars in the Milky Way. Doesn't sound real, but there are about three trillion trees on the planet and only about 400 billion stars in the galaxy. Mind blown. What? I thought there were more... That's s- not right. ...stars than anything. Because wasn't there, like, more stars in the whole universe than sand on the beach or something like that? Yes. That's yeah. right. There's a, I, I heard there's a thousand more stars in the whole universe... Than there is on the beach. A thousand more or a thousand St- times of more? Sand. A thousand times more. Sorry, mm. not, yeah, not just a thousand <laughs> more than all. A thousand times more. Like for every one grain of sand, there's a thousand stars to it, apparently. Well, Josh is did say true? it was the Milky Way galaxy, and so they probably mapped that a little bit better. And, yeah, more trees. How about that? That's pretty mind-blowing. Wow, there you go. Um, let's go with Bronte now with uh, this mind-blowing fact. Hey, guys. I found out a mind-blowing fact the other day. So apparently a million seconds is 12 days, but a billion seconds is 31 years. My mind was blown. Mind blown. Blown away. Yeah. Do you know what? This is quite perfect chat when we talk about um, people like Jeff Bezos and Mm. Elon and Richard Branson because I remember going to a website that that talks about – can give you a visual representation of what a billion dollars looks like because yep. most people actually can't fathom how outstanding that much wealth is. Yeah, yeah, and, and like because he goes like shows it very a, well. Bronte's fact there. Yeah, on the on the website, I can't remember where it is, but it looks like, and it's like this is one hundred thousand dollars. What most people earn in a year, yep. or you know, what 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 average people, whatever, and then. And then you just scroll and you scroll for so long. Yeah, or they have, say, $100,000. Let's say it's someone's yearly wage. That's a grain of sand. And then a million dollars is 10 of them. And then a billion dollars is like a a bag of rice. Just they pour it out on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) Something like that. So these people are a rich man. Um, But anyway, yeah, good. Do what you like with it. We might have to get... We might have to get a surgeon in here to put some of your skull back together because you got <laughs> you got blown quite a bit just there. Blown to smithereens. Apart from that uh, <laughs> groan-worthy Bruce Springsteen fact that he sung a song. Come on. 
You need to get better at your own segment, it's man. It's a song I didn't know that he sang. <laughs> Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. Matt and Alex's opening ceremony watch party. Live and unofficial. We don't have the rights, but we're doing it Friday night. Download the listener app, turn the sound down on your TV, and listen along to us. You can even call in live. On your marks, set. Matt and Alex's opening ceremony watch party. Live and unofficial. This Friday, 9pm, only on the listener app. Now, Matt, if you watch any fantasy show or play any fantasy video game about, say, Vikings from the 8th century, um, a lot of them say, do deeds that are good enough to be immortalised in song. Okay, now if Australia was one of those from back in the day, I think one of the most popular folk songs that we would sing about for generations to come would be about the deeds of one Stephen Bradbury. He's a four-time Olympian, the first person from the Southern Hemisphere to win a Winter Olympic gold medal and ahead of the Games this week. We are so blessed to be chatting to him right now on All Day Breakfast. Mr Bradbury, how are you going? Yeah, cheers, guys. Uh, it feels pretty Winter Olympic here in <laughs> Brisbane this morning. It's freezing for this part of the world and can't wait for Tokyo to kick off and oh. let's hope that... Uh, the ratings cross over from COVID to the Olympics very quickly. Oh, indeed. Well, you thrive on the cold weather, Stephen, so I'm sure you'll be loving it as we go into the Games. Do you get a few tingles around this time of year? Yeah, I absolutely love it whenever the Olympics come around. And, you know, these days I I delve mainly into sort of doing motivational comedy at conferences and <laughs> events and uh, and everything's been completely cancelled, so I've got two weeks to sit in front of the TV and watch the Olympics. <laughs> So good. Well, I mean, look, I remember vividly watching you back in 1994. I remember you. You know, I was a young kid, and I remember watching you be a part of the uh, of the first team to take in a, uh, an, a Winter Olympic medal. Tell us about the start, you know, 1994. What was that like? Well, firstly, I love it that people remember that bronze medal. Uh, that was Australia's first ever Winter Olympic medal, and it's uh, it's rare these days that people remember third place in anything. So uh, getting to talk about about winning that medal with Kieran Hansen, Richard Nazelski, and Andrew Murtha, my three teammates back in in Lillehammer in Norway, uh, was an incredible experience. And you know, for me, that was my my second Winter Olympics, and I was a bit of a sucker for punishment. So I did a couple more after that. <laughs> Do you know why I remember it as well? It's because it was around that time the Cool Runnings came out. <laughs> Right, seriously. And I remember seeing the Jamaican bobsled team come on. And, I mean, while you guys weren't Jamaican bobsledders, there must have been a similar sort of attitude towards an Australian ice skating team back then, speed skating. Yeah, i got to say, I I really love it when people draw a link between the Jamaican bobsled team, (laughs) Eddie the Eagle, and me. (laughs) Well, you're in in rarefied air there, Stephen, with these kind of things. It is. These are like... Icons. You're in icon status. I can't remember them winning any medals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, mate, come on. It's not like I'm saying you're the Jamaican bobsled team. I just remember the games because of cool runnings, man. I know no, that you're good. a champion. It was all good. It was. About, they were both fantastic movies. And, yeah, I've, uh, I've got a movie on the drawing board myself, which the running title of at this point is Bradbury. And 
hopefully we get it into cinemas one day. Oh, Ooh, mate, that's a scoop. That right. would be incredible. <laughs> we were just talking a bit earlier on about one of my favourite videos on the internet, and that's the Nine's Wide World of Sports Last Man Standing sort of like mini doco on your road to that gold medal. Uh, a lot of which I hadn't, you know, you'd, people don't realise being at the fourth games, the amount of blood, sweat and tears, emphasis on the blood that went into building that gold medal. Can you remind us of that injury you received? Um that you yeah had to overcome in order to to get up and to get back on the ice. Yeah, received the injury. That's a fairly apt description. I, I got impaled yeah. on the back of another guy's blade at fifty kilometres. Yeah, it an wasn't hour. A, it wasn't an Australia Post parcel, dice. So <laughs> I didn't receive it. Yeah, special <laughs> yeah, delivery. Yeah, your in, your injury's been delivered. We've left it inside the glass doors. No, mate. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, I lost three quarters of my blood in sixty seconds and. I had moments there lying on on the ice where I actually thought I was going to die. And I made a pact with myself there and then that I had a lot of unfinished business in in my sport and in my life. And I could feel my eyes closing, my body going into shock. And I said to myself, if you lose consciousness, you're dead. So I just said to myself, no way am I losing consciousness here. And and I forced myself to, to stay awake throughout the entire ordeal and and I was kind of fortunate in a way that I stayed awake because as they were running me down the the aisle into the theatre at the hospital, one of the doctors or nurses that was pushing the gurney said, "Uh, you don't happen to know your own blood type, do you? And because I'd been to the Olympics earlier that year, part of the medical is is, uh, is knowing your own blood type and I was just conscious enough to tell him that I was O positive and he said, well, mate, you probably just saved your own life and they pushed me in the theatre and started pumping me full of some Canadian bloke's blood. Oh, my God, that is incredible. Goodness me. You know, everyone does talk about the the gold medal at the 2002 Winter Olympics, and obviously it was, you know, the, the first athlete from Australia to win a gold medal. It is a huge feat, but, but a, a Winter Olympics gold medal. But is it? You know, you you've been you were such a champion in the lead up to that to that moment to that event. You you you'd gone to four different Olympics. Um, you're a stalwart of the Australian Winter Olympic team, and you'd been doing it for so long. Is that race the race that you're most proud of? Is there another one that that people don't really know about? Oh, there's many other ones. Uh, you know, if I if I'm lucky enough to to have a dream about when I skated my best in my life. Uh, you know, there's a there's a training session in Colorado Springs that I remember. There's a 500 meter event at a World Cup event in Montreal that I won, where I, you know, broke my personal best time by 0.8 of a second. Um, but you know, for me, that that race is is what put my name onto the map. And now, as a saying in the Macquarie Dictionary, doing a Bradbury, which was put in, in 2014. You know, <laughs> I love it that my story is remembered. I get it that a lot of people still sometimes think that I only won because I was lucky. But, you know, the, the, the saying doing a Bradbury is a lot more than that. Mm. And, you know, I, I'm the luckiest individual Olympic gold medalist in sporting history. But it doesn't change the fact that I train my guts out five hours a day, six days a week for 14 years to put myself in position to capitalise when things went wrong for the competition. Yeah, man, and uh, watching it yeah, seriously that, gives me. Sh- I'm shivering. Yeah. I just love. I love. It's such an important 
thing to remember, you know, that you, to inspire other people by. And I think that's the, a great thing about watching the games and and some of the best highlights. It's it's yourself and talking about that story leading up to it. It's um I remember the 400 meter runner who pulled a hamstring coming around the second to last turn. His father jumps out of the stands and carries him over the line because he's determined to finish. You know, the sports and the opening ceremonies, they are a lot of fun, but what do you think the Olympics and, uh, yeah, sport in general and, and those things teach us about, I guess, the human experience? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it teaches a lot. It teaches us a lot about, you know, Aussies love an underdog victory, which, you know, my story certainly lends a lot to that. But I think we also, we love seeing Aussies doing well in anything. And whenever the Olympics roll around, once every four years, you know, we get to see a lot of sports and, and meet a lot of athletes whose sports never factor on the television in this country outside of the Olympics. You know, for me, I remember Simon Fairweather when he won the archery in Sydney 2000 and Susie Balk when she won in the shooting in, in Beijing. You know, these these people that were kind of in sports like me where they had a, a whole queue of people lining up to sponsor them throughout their career. That was a joke because the only <laughs> I was I was going yeah oh, I, did I, they <laughs> I didn't realize yeah, no, the only no, deal I had back in the day was with the local supermarket the deal was whatever I could eat while I was in store was free oh <laughs> that's incredible what about a moment that off the track for you a, a memory from the Olympics from one of the times that you've been that will always stand out. Not long after uh, winning the gold, I was, I was sitting in the change rooms and there was a queue of people waiting to get in. They couldn't fit because the um, the Australian team change room at the Winter Olympics is pretty small. And uh, Ian Chesterman, who was the chef de mission of the team, he's, he's now the chef de mission of the team in Tokyo uh, this time around. And uh, I'd missed out on, on carrying the flag at the opening ceremony somewhat controversially in the previous two Olympic Games and at the opening ceremony in Salt Lake City, they they read the athletes out in alphabetical order at the induction ceremony before the Games start. And so my name being Beaver Bradbury, I should have been, you know, first or second pab off the rank. And they left me out and I'm sitting, standing there thinking, oh, that's great. They're, they're waiting to save me at the end where they're going to announce me to, to carry the flag at the opening ceremony. And... Right at the end, Ian Chesterman goes, oh, oh, I've forgotten somebody. We've got to announce Stephen Bradbury as part of the team as well. And then he went on to announce Adrian Costa, the mogul skier, to carry the flag at the opening ceremony. Oh. So uh, after the goal, when Ian walked into the change room, I said, Ian, you're going to let me carry that f-ing flag at the closing ceremony, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, it. I bet he didn't forget your name ever once again after that. So uh, he, uh, he agreed to that. And then uh, Elisa Camplin, uh, she won uh, gold a couple of days after me in Salt Lake City. And uh, Ian being a skier, I think he wanted to give the flag to her, but he already given me the verbal commitment, so he couldn't take it back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, well you, can just say, for you. you can say from now on, B, just look it up in the dictionary. You can check it out there in the, uh, the B <laughs> words. But Stephen Bradbury, honestly an honour to be chatting to you. All the best uh, with the many, many events you'll get to watch over the next couple of weeks as Tokyo kicks off. And uh, we cannot wait to, uh, to chat to you again. Yeah, cheers, guys. Thanks for having me on. Let's hope we get a, a whole pile of 
positivity out of the Tokyo games because the world certainly needs it at the moment. Oh, absolutely, yeah, man. Yeah, you're not wrong. Thanks so much, Stephen. Really, really appreciate it. All the best. Cheers, guys. See ya. All day breakfast. Now, yesterday we recounted the story to you of the Polish Olympic swimming team who <laughs> landed in Tokyo. They got so told, I'm sorry, there's no more room for you. You have to go home. The um, officials of the Polish uh, Olympic Committee uh, doing a few numbers wrong. They were only meant to take 17 people and uh, they got uninvited, These poor, this poor relay team. Six is a lot, isn't it? Like that's mm. more than a hand. <laughs> like you, Like you'd think... <laughs> You'd think they would have at least gotten to five and been like, wait, hold on, this is too many extras. That's true. They had to use two hands to count that. Um, Anyways. We, we also told you about a mutual friend who took took a stab in the dark at a uh, at a little date upgrade for, he for upgrade, himself. He tried to upgrade. He had a date. Absolute worst move. <laughs> He has a date of someone who, which is a, a great person who he, he wants to hang out with. Suddenly, some a famous person comes along. He thinks, oh, upgrade's on. Guess what? It's not. You're back in economy. <laughs> right? So, uh, Where you belong, mate. Both got the uninvitation there. Uh, so we asked you, when have you been uninvited to something? And Jess got in touch. Yeah, that's right. Jess got in touch um, at Matt and Alex said, I've been uninvited to a wedding because the bride was American and she felt that the guest numbers for the Australian groom were just too high. She didn't have the home ground advantage. Fair to say that was an early sign. The marriage lasted six months before it was dead in the water. And to be honest, I wasn't phased as it was a Thursday wedding and I didn't want to take an annual leave day anyway. Wow. <laughs> That's that not bad is at all. Savage. And uh, Elsa has got in touch as well. G'day, Elsa. Hey, how's it going? Good, thanks, Elsa. Elsa. Now, uh, I, I appreciate you regularly getting in touch with the show. I see your messages all the time, so thank you for uh, listening. You had a similar situation to the Polish team. Yeah. So primary school, I think probably grade five or six or something. So like ten or eleven years old. To cut a long story short, I made it to districts for some type of running. I can't remember what distance mm -hmm. it was. And, um, you know, did the trainings, did the extra things, went to wherever the school was, the private school where, that was holding the um, the districts. And my, you know, went on the bus with all of the rest of the students. My mum met us there, ready to watch me. And just as it was about to be the race time, apparently this other girl that had been away from my school hadn't been to any of the trainings. She had miraculously just rocked up and the teacher that was there with us was just like, oh, sorry, you're out. What? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my That's God. Did your mum step in and give it to the teacher? She did. She really did. <laughs> oh. The teacher that was there and then back at the school, the principal got a serving as well, I think. Oh, oh rightfully so. And this is, that's so amazing because it reminds me a few weeks ago, um, pre-lockdown, hanging out with my dad and my sister and got brought up in high school in a high jump competition. My sister beat this girl in the school in high jump by like a centimetre or something. And that girl last year had previously won state. Okay, oh. and so she beat her. Was like, oh, incredible! Get to go through. And they're like, oh, but she got to state last year, so um, we're actually going to send her through on that. It's like, oh. what are these people doing? It's so rough, hey. <laughs> like, Absolutely it's like rigged. Kids. It's poor little kids that 
Parts are being crushed. <laughs> you play people learn your, these things in life that it's, um, you know, the, the people in the positions of power, they get to do whatever they want. Yeah. And was it the end of your dream, um, Elsa, or did it just was it just a little bit of charcoal to get the fire started? <laughs> yeah, maybe it was because I've actually spoken to you guys before, Ben, I told you last time, but I'm a personal trainer now, so I don't know. Hey, <laughs> well, that's great. Thank you so much for that, Elsa, and uh, no hopefully worries. we'll chat to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to All Day Breakfast today. It has a, been a good time um, by all. And i got to say, a life box ticked having Stephen Bradbury on the show so we could chat to all of us today. Uh, what an absolute champion. Oh, it's so great. And look, it just made me so excited to be hosting a, uh, a watch party this Friday night. For you listening, uh, you can join us from 9pm. We're going to be going live. You'll be able to call us. You can... Put us beside you so it's like you're watching it with us on the couch and uh, we'll, we'll be there from nine till, well, till the torch gets lit. Who <laughs> knows when? <laughs> till stumps with half the country lockdown. It will be good to uh, all be able to hang out together on the listener app and do that. And, hey, we should say before we go, speaking of live stuff, something to look forward to is our uh, big live appearance, Matt O'Kine, at the Great Australian Podcast Festival in November. I've got to tell you, it's something on the calendar which makes makes pushing through all that much easier. Uh, it's November 6th and 7th. Uh, we're going to be doing our podcast live from there. So not only, like this Friday, can you hang out with us live in your ears, you'll be able to hang out with us live with your eyes. So uh, if you're keen to come along and uh, check out Matt and Alex live at the Palais Theatre in Melbourne for the Great Australian Podcast Festival, livenation.com.au to pick up your tickets. We'll see you tomorrow. Hope you're having a good one. Catch you later, mate. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.